Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Psalms, chapter 107, a thanksgiving. Here's Pastor Ryan. Morning. So blessed to be with you guys, an honor to be with you guys, geared up and readying our hearts for Thanksgiving, such a beautiful holiday that we get to celebrate in our country and we have for our whole lives. And so this one's a little different because of all that's going on in our country and all that's being said and it makes this one even extra special that we can get together and and fellowship because it's important. Before we start, I'm just going to uh, go ahead and lead us in prayer and then we'll get right into uh, today's message. Father, we thank you again for this beautiful day that you've given us and just this beautiful place where we can come and and be warm and uh, worship you and hear from your word, study it together where we can gather together and edify one another, say hello to one another, love one another, as you've called us to love. Right before you went to the cross, Jesus, you said in a new commandment I give to you, to the disciples, you said that they would love one another as you have loved them. And so I'm so grateful we have this place. And also for our kids here, that they can gather together and learn of you and love one another as well. And so we're just so grateful for so much, Lord. Bless our time this morning, Lord. Bless your word. Bless your message. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say, Amen. This morning we're going to be in Psalm 107. The Thanksgiving story is a beautiful one of God's providential grace and care upon uh, the pilgrims that left England to come to the new world. We've all studied it in school, and uh, who knows if they're teaching the kids the story today. But uh, the story goes that in 1620, English families known as pilgrims, they left England, as you know, to pursue religious freedom in the New World. They sailed on the Mayflower ship for 10 grueling weeks across the Atlantic Ocean. We're told that they one time I know of, one or two times, because the other ship that was going with them began to leak, so they ended up all just coming on the Mayflower. Ten weeks, grueling Atlantic Ocean, and they landed on the shores of Massachusetts in November of that year. On the 21st day of November in 1620, the Pilgrims signed the Mayflower Compact and began their Plymouth Colony. The Mayflower Compact is one of our nation's greatest preserved pieces of paperwork, of compacts or whatever, uh, antiquities. A copy of it has been preserved, but if you read it, it's all about religious uh, freedom, it's about spreading the gospel, it's about equality, just beautiful, beautiful, godly Christian motives. Out of the the 102 pilgrims that came, That first winter, only 47 survived till the spring. So more than half died because of the the cold there in Massachusetts. At one point, 
there was only six people, half a dozen, that were healthy enough to care for the rest. So it was a very trying winter. In the spring of 1621, God's grace shone upon them by Native American named Squanto who could speak English and was led to them. And he showed them where to catch fish, how to catch fish, because it's a different way of catching fish on the East Coast there in uh, Massachusetts at that time. How to plant corn, how to trap beaver, which the pilgrims had never seen a beaver skin in their life up until then. And he was their interpreter amongst the other Indian tribes. The governor amongst them, William Bradford, wrote that the settlers began to plant their corn in which service Squanto stood with them in good stead. He showed them how to plant corn. He told them that if you don't get some of the dead fish and mix it with the dirt, nothing's going to grow. And so he showed them that trick and they put the fish in the manure or in the, in the ground and uh, it prospered. In the middle of April, there was plenty of fish would come up the brook and Squanto taught them how to catch it. Just letting them know the layout of the land, letting them know how to survive. Squanto, God bless his soul, providence of God, 15 years prior, he was kidnapped, taken to Spain because the captain who kidnapped him was going to sell him into slavery in Spain. See, slavery wasn't just a sin of the Americas. It's all over the world. The unique thing about America is that our people killed each other to stop it. So he went to Spain and we're told that from a friar there, he learned about Jesus. And then from there, he went to England, and that's where he picked up English. And then somehow escaped and made his way back to Plymouth. It was during that time, while he was in captivity in Europe, they believed that a Spanish ship brought over the plague. But his whole tribe, unfortunately, was wiped out. While he was gone, so even though he was taken captive, it preserved his life. The providence of God was on Squanto's life. The pilgrim Edward Winslow, who recorded the stories that I'm sharing with you, him along with the governor, he recorded in Mort's uh, relation that in the fall of 1621, our harvest, speaking of the first Thanksgiving, he said, our harvest being gotten in, our governor sent four men on, I guess, hunting for fowl, that so we might, after a special manner, rejoice together after we had gathered the fruit of our labors. They four, in one day, killed as much fowl as, with a little help besides, served the company almost a week, at which time, amongst other recreation, uh, recreations, we exercised our arms, I guess, not dumbbells and arms, but arms, shot, you know, shooting around for recreation. Many of the Indians coming amongst us, and among the rest, their greatest king, uh, Masoasot, with some 90 men, whom for three days we entertained and feasted. And they went out and killed five deer, which they brought to the plantation and bestowed on our governor and upon the captain and others. And although it be not always so plentiful, as it was at this time with us, yet by goodness of God, we are so far from want that we often wish you partakers of our plenty. The governor added concerning that feast that they had for three days, Bradford, 
He said, and beside waterfowl, there was great store of wild turkeys. Thank God. Of which they took many beside Verison, etc. Besides, they had about a peck a meal a week to a person. Or now, since harvest, Indian corn to that proportion. They had a feast together with the Indians. Squanto was with the pilgrims for over 20 years. He was a godsend to them. Bradford wrote about Squanto's death, saying, Here Squanto fell ill of Indian fever, bleeding much at the nose, which the Indians take for a symptom of death. And within a few days he died. He begged the governor to pray for him, that he might go to the Englishman's God in heaven and bequeath several of his things to some of his English friends as remembrances. His death was a great loss. As half of the pilgrims died that first winter, there was the real possibility that they would not have survived another had it not been for Squanto. Governor Bradford acknowledged Squanto was a special instrument sent of God for their good beyond their expectations. Boy, our kids need to hear that story, huh? And just thinking about America, thinking about Thanksgiving, thinking about the Lord, without a doubt, Thanksgiving is an American holiday. End of story. It's an American holiday, when you think about it. During the colonial era, individual colonies would declare days of prayer when times were bad, days of fasting when times were real bad, and days of thanksgiving when things turned around. America's founders believed in an interactive relationship with God, where if people sinned, he would call them to repent. If they did not repent, he would let judgment come. And when they repented, he would send deliverance. That was the mentality of the founders of America. Not perfect. You know what I mean? We have our sins, like all countries. But the founders' mentality, think about this. They literally thought that how they responded to God's word was how their lives would, would directly affect their lives, how they responded to God's word. If they honored God's word in their communities and their colonies, then God would prosper and bless them. If they, if they went against God's word, if they sinned, then they, they, they felt that God would chasten them. That was the mentality of our country. The first leaders of the 13 colonies were all, were 13 ministers. The gospel was preached, guys. For all of our sins, it was preached. In our history, the gospel was preached. In our history, our country looked to the Lord for a source of strength, guidance. That's what America is. Thanksgiving was, you know, the northern, the colonies, year after that first Thanksgiving in traditionally would keep a feast, a Thanksgiving feast, in remembrance of that first Thanksgiving, that it was God's providence that blessed them, that took care of them. They knew if it wasn't for God, we would not be here. The survival of America was because of God's providence. And if you read the true history of our country, we'd know that. That would make like our public schools almost churchy, wouldn't it? To tell them that he had it not been by the grace of God, the battles wouldn't have been won, the war of independence wouldn't have been won, nothing. It was all God's grace. You, you teach that in school to the kids, and they do the Pledge of Allegiance, and that's a start. And you tell the fatherless in those schools, 
and the motherless that God loves them. That's what our country needs. The Declaration of Independence. After it was proclaimed in, on July 4, 1776, the first National Day of Thanksgiving was declared by the Continental Congress on November 1, 1777, to celebrate victory over British General Borgion uh, at the Battle of Saratoga. The grateful feeling of their hearts joined the penitent confession of their manifold sins that it may please God through the merits of Jesus Christ mercifully to forgive and to blot them out of remembrance and under the providence of Almighty God secure for these United States the greatest of all human blessings, independence and peace. Welcome to America. Benedict Arnold, after traitor Benedict Arnold's plot to betray West Point was thwarted, the Continental Congress proclaimed a day of thanksgiving, October 18, 1780, and the late remarkable interposition of his wrathful providence in the rescuing the person of our commander-in-chief and the army from imminent dangers, that's George Washington, at the moment when treason was ripened for execution, it is therefore recommended a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to confess our unworthiness and to offer fervent supplications to the God of all grace to cause the knowledge of Christianity to spread over all the earth. This is the founding fathers thanking God that plots against their commander was foiled. Thanking God. It's, it was only foiled because of you. Have things changed? Woo! No, they have not. What has changed is how many in our country are saying, Lord, blot out our sins as a country. Can you imagine Congress and the Senate saying that? Blot out our sins, Lord. The Supreme Court, we're killing babies in our country. That's how far we've come. In the womb, out of the womb now in New York City. And the governor gets an Emmy Award. After British General Cornwallis surrendered at Yorktown, Congress proclaimed a day of thanksgiving, October 11, 1782. It being the indispensable duty of all nations to offer up their supplications to Almighty God, the United States in Congress assembled, do hereby recommend it to the inhabitants of these states in general to observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of psalm thanksgiving to God for all his mercies. Can you imagine that? After the Treaty of Paris ended the Revolutionary War, Congress recommended that states declare a day of thanksgiving. Massachusetts Governor John Hancock, who was a former president of the Continental Congress, proclaimed a day of thanksgiving November 8, 1783. The citizens of these United States have every reason for praise and gratitude to the God of their salvation. I do appoint the 11th day of December next, the day recommended by the Congress to all the states, to be religiously observed as a day of thanksgiving and prayer that all the people may then assemble to celebrate that he hath been pleased to continue to us the light of the blessed gospel, that we also offer up fervent supplications to cause pure religion and virtue to flourish and to fill the world with his glory. Man, Congress was church back then. After the Bill of Rights, the passing of it, which included the First Amendment, Congress requested President George Washington issue a National Day of Thanksgiving, which he did October 3rd, 1789, saying, whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence 
of Almighty God to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly to implore His protection and favor. And whereas both houses of Congress have by their joint committee requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors of Almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity peaceably to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. Now therefore I do recommend Thursday the 26th day of November to be devoted by the people of these United States to the service of that great and glorious being who is the author of all the good that was, that is, that will be, that we may then all unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks, peaceable and rational manner in which we have been enabled to establish constitutions of government, particularly the national one now lately instituted for the civil and religious liberty with which we are blessed to promote the knowledge and practice of true religion and virtue. Abraham Lincoln proclaimed the first annual national day of Thanksgiving. So he's the one that made it annually. In Washington, D.C., October 3rd, 1863, in the midst of the Civil War of unquelled magnitude and severity, I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. And I recommend they do also with humble penitence for our national perverseness and disobedience. Commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged. And fervently implore the interposition of the Almighty Hand to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it as soon as may be consistent with the divine purposes to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. In testimony whereof, I have hereunto set my hand and caused the seal of the United States to be affixed, done at the city of Washington this third day of October in the year of our Lord, 1863, and of the independence of the United States, the 88th, by the President Abraham Lincoln. November of 2017. On Thanksgiving Day, as we have for nearly four centuries, Americans give thanks to Almighty God for our abundant blessings. We gather with the people we love to show gratitude for our freedom, for our friends and families, and for the prosperous nation we call home. In July 1620, more than a hundred pilgrims boarded the Mayflower, fleeing religious persecution and seeking freedom and opportunity in the new and unfamiliar place. These dauntless souls arrived in Plymouth, Massachusetts in the freezing cold of December 1620. They were greeted by sickness and severe weather and quickly lost 46 of their fellow travelers. Those who endured the incredible hardship of their first year in America, however, had many reasons for gratitude. They had survived. They were free. And with the help of Wampanoag tribe and a bountiful harvest, they were regaining their health and strength. And thanks to God for these blessings, the new governor of Plymouth Colony, William Bradford, proclaimed a day of thanksgiving and gathered with the Wampanoag tribe for three days of celebration. For the next two centuries, many individual colonies and states, primarily in the Northeast, carried on the tradition of fall Thanksgiving festivities. We can see in the courageous pilgrims who stood on Plymouth Rock in Newland, 
the interpidness that lies at the core of our American spirit. Just as the pilgrims did, today Americans stand strong, willing to fight for their families and their future, to uphold our values and to confront any challenge. As one people, we seek God's protection, guidance, and wisdom. As we stand humbled by the abundance of our great nation and the blessing of freedom, family, and faith. Now therefore... I, Donald Trump, President of the United States of America, by the virtue of the authority vested in me by the Constitution and the laws of the United States, do hereby proclaim Thursday, November 23, 2017, as a national day of thanksgiving. I encourage all Americans to gather in homes and places of worship to offer a prayer of thanks to God for our many blessings. In the examples I gave... Thanksgiving was about the survival of our country. It really was. They thank God because he preserved this great nation. Imperfect, great nation nonetheless. The greatest on the planet Earth. Thanksgiving is about the preservation of our country still. That spirit of survival and the colonies coming over with the idea to spread the gospel to the whole world. That's a biblical, godly attribute. Fight. To having done all to stand, stand therefore. We have to know our history because it gives us confidence in the arguments that we need to make. We need to fight and pray for our country's survival. That's Thanksgiving. Same like before. Our country, I believe, is in grave danger. Grave danger. Which makes the whole world to be in grave danger. And yes, the Lord is our only hope. But while we're here, we are called to be salt and light. To not let evil run rapid, but to stop it. To enforce God's laws. The law of the land. Jesus said in the last days, because lawlessness will abound, the hearts of many will grow cold. He was right. People can care less. People have no empathy, no sympathy out there who can just destroy property and beat up on old people who disagree with them. It's pathetic. It's evil. But we have to stand and be the light. Christ is the light and Christ is our light. And we have to represent good. We have to fight and not be asleep. This election isn't over. It's not certified by the Supreme Court. But until that happens, nothing's over. I don't care who says what. It's not over. Don't let anybody tell you it's over. Don't stop praying for the plot. And I believe with all my heart that absolutely, statistically, mathematically, the way things jump, Of course, absolutely. The way we've been lied to, the media, it's crazy, it's sad, it's evil. You go to cemeteries all over the country and even all over the world. I've been to Normandy, I've been to France, I've seen the American cemetery there. All we ask, France, is a plot of land for our troops. They fought and died for our freedom. And if we can't even vote securely in our country anymore, I mean, when the opposing party is not letting people watch, Shutting it down, that, it, to me it's done, it's over. And we've seen video, this isn't just people telling me, we've seen video, we've seen it, we've seen it with our own eyes. They did it, okay, they're not, they don't care. So this has happened, this is a travesty for our country like never before. Thanksgiving is about the preservation of our country by the hand of Almighty God, by His people interceding for the country, praying for the country. Benedict Arnold almost had Washington. There was a plot, man. He betrayed the United States, but it was foiled. And they acknowledged this was foiled because of you, God, not because of us. So we're praying that God would foil their plans. I don't mind losing fair and square, but homeboy did not win fair and square. He's as boring as a rock. And you mean to tell me that he got more votes than Obama? Are you? Come on. 
I'm from the barrio. I'm from the streets. We know better than that. Not more than Obama, more than any president in the history of our country. That's how exciting he is. Even Democrats were saying, Psh, they are not exciting. He doesn't, he's not exciting, doesn't have the it factor. Uh, you know, there's just no... I'm telling you guys, we have to pray. Yes, Thanksgiving is about the Lord. Yes, it is. But Thanksgiving is about our country, the holiday. The holiday is about the preservation of these, your United States. And your vote counts. We have the freedom of representation. We send people to Washington. They don't go on their own. We send them. There are representatives. You are king of the land. You send them to represent you. But so often they act like kings and elitists. In our country, we have the, the freedom of choosing our representatives by vote, honest vote. We have the freedom of religion, the freedom of assembly, the freedom to make our own medical decisions, and the right to bear arms. Our governor, in his hypocrisy, Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m. or Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicolet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Cherubim, above.